Hitchcock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to Apta Sophia, which useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood. Welcome to a new episode of Apta Sophia. I'm your host, Ash Matson. I'm here with my co-host, Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. On this episode, we are chatting about being a worker in the home or a keeper of your home. We've been doing a study through Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, and this is where we're at. But before we get into the meat of the episode, we wanted to jump into the most important part of every episode, and that is our would you rather question. So Kristen, would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Uh, This is pretty easy. A maid, hands down. Yeah, I cannot disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Each day, every day. I don't see how they're, yeah, I don't see how this is something that you could argue. If you are a mom, especially a mom of children, well, of course, a mom of children. (laughs) If you are a mom mom of of real humans, (laughs) this is the the age we live in. I was going to say, I meant to say a mother of multiple children because the mess just grows exponentially Mm -hmm. as the kids get together. And they conspire together to create the messes. Yeah. It is crazy how quickly it happens. But there are people who really, really enjoy cleaning. Yes. And probably don't as much cooking. So they would probably much prefer to have a chef. That's true. Than a cleaner because they enjoy cleaning. We were just wondering if you had... A personal chef, would you still be responsible to do the meal plan or the grocery shopping for the meal plan? Would they give you the meal plan? You'd have to go pick it up. Would you just be footing the bill for them to go and pick up the groceries for you? Because that would be that would be helpful. Yeah. If somebody was doing your grocery I'd shopping be for eating you. So healthy and you you could actually be a vegan That's like true. you've always wanted uh, to be. <laughs> I, I would. I would succeed because that is the problem. I have done a ton of diets in my life and I have never failed so so badly at cooking. Like I, my cooking is, the foundation of it is animal products. Mm-hmm. It is just, and I feel like I'm a pretty decent cook, but I cook like meat and potatoes, yeah. gravy, hey, Mexican chicken, food. Like yeah. that's my jam. Yep, the chicken that you cook. I just fed so you chicken and gravy. Yeah, it was <laughs> with so rice. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my thing. I never thought of that. That would be a benefit. Yeah, is you could do any kind of I crazy specific diet, diet and, and not have to worry about it. That's Ooh. how the, that's how the stars look so good. They're just like True. I want to eat vegetables. Make them taste like hamburgers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might be going the other side then because if they did grocery shopping for me and they did the cooking, like with how much my kids ask for a snack, yeah, be like, they want a snack before they're done with their snack. They're just like true. continually eating. Yeah. Cora will say, I'm full. And then like five seconds later, be like, um, can I have whatever it is in the pantry? Yeah. She loves pantry food. She loves snacky food. Yes. My kids live off of grain. But That's you it. Told me like no protein. Yeah. yeah, no protein. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the part that fills you up. You have to eat that the fat and the protein. You need to eat mm-hmm. this part. And they're like, mm, I'm just gonna eat the bread. Yeah. I'm just gonna eat the rice. I'm just gonna eat. Can I just have Cheerios? Skylar will do that. She'll not eat her food, and then she'll ask for Cheerios later. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But if I could send my kids to a personal chef instead mm-hmm. of 
They'd be like, great, where are you doing oh. vegan today? Here's your vegan food. Maybe that would solve your snack, your kids' snacking issues. Uh, what about like all of the chaos that ensues when you're trying to cook a meal? Yeah. That pressure you would be You could just gone. sit and enjoy your kids while somebody else cooks and then just show up at the dinner <gasps> table. Oh, I'm changing my mind. <laughs> and I do not, I'm not the kind of person, I like cleaning mm-hmm. if I can do it uninterrupted. Well, it's the kids have that though. It's the kids that add the stress. Right. So right, I feel you. Yeah. But so I'm not I'm all all this to say, I'm not somebody who naturally likes cleaning unless it's under the right circumstances. The right impossible circumstances. Mm-hmm. And my brain doesn't even function in in the way that I like notice things that need to be cleaned. That's not <laughs> It's not, well, not, there's no, like, there's, like, heat-seeking, like, vision, nothing. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking about wearing those goggles yeah. where you, like, can see all the hot uh-huh. spots. As if there was a cleaning, like, a dirty-seeking goggles, I need those <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I'm just, like, I will be tripping over Legos and, like, crunching on on Cheerios and, like, will not have stains all over my shirt. And I, I will not know until... Until I have somebody over. And then I'm like, what would a normal person think about right now? Oh, and then I look and I'm like, oh, no. This is really bad. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm flipping teams. I'm flipping teams. And what's funny is we already recorded this portion of the episode. And then now we're re-recording it because I jumped into the wrong topic. Because that's where we're at today. It's providential. And I'm actually kind of happy we did because now I'm on a different team. We already had this conversation. And we have talked me out of it. So we would love for you to weigh in. If you haven't already, this is posted um, a couple weeks ago now on our Facebook or Instagram. You go find that post though. But the would you rather for our next episode is going to be, would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? We're not saying we believe in ghosties. We're just saying, let's just say that that was a thing. Something weird's going on there. Something scary. Which would you rather do? It's demons. Demons. House of demons. Yeah. <laughs> That's even house of demons. <laughs> no way. Okay. We're not going to talk about it now. <laughs> we got real serious and spooky on this one. Okay. So head over to Facebook and Instagram. Find the post for this new would you rather question and please weigh in and let us know why. Why you think you would be best equipped to survive either one of those circumstances better than the other. All right, so we are going to jump right into our episode. So I'm going to read the verse real quick to you, and then Kristen is going to jump in and um, let us know what she's been digging up. So um, Mm. older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, and this is the part we're focusing on, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. So Kristen, when you were looking into what it means here in context, working in the home, what did you find? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got all educated. And looked up the Greek word of, because uh, there's different translation, different translations says different things about, um, like, the keeper, some say worker of the home. Um, I think those are the two main ones that I can think of off the top of my head. So I just was curious on what, like, 
what does the Greek say about this? And um, there are three kind of main definitions. And the first definition actually was um, a guard of the home. As, it, as in, you know, somebody who's like the keeper of sheep or the keeper of the tabernacle or the keeper of the field or it's, it's somebody who has dominion over something else, right? And, and then the other things were, yes, domestic and um, somebody who works, you know, in the home, that type of thing. But I really liked the keeper of the home. So I was really, in terms of guarding, in terms of having dominion, in terms of, yeah, just a gatekeeper type thing. And so as I was kind of mulling over this topic, it's like, what are we, what are we guarding? Like, what are we keeping? What, what, are, what are we in charge of? Um, so I kind of had three things that I felt that, um, and of course I'm sure there's more that I didn't think of, but the three main things was, we are to guard ourselves as women and wives and moms. Uh, we are to guard our marriage and we are to guard our children. And so, but when it's talking about working in the home or keeping your home um, and guarding it, it really shows us where our focus is supposed to be. Right, exactly. First and foremost. Yeah, and I so, meant to, yeah, and I meant to preface this. Oh, sorry, I'm adjusting myself. All by saying it doesn't, um, we could get into the squabble of should women work outside of the home? Is that permissible? Are they only to work within the home? And what does that mean and what does that look like? And I kind of want to take a more, um, just a larger perspective of where your duty is, whether or not you're in the home or without the home. Because you could certainly be working within the home. You could be the housewife, but you could not be fulfilling your duty in keeping and guarding your home. You can be working outside of the home and being very faithful and diligent in guarding and fulfilling this role as keeper, as guardian of your home. You need to make sure that um, you are you are protecting your marriage and that you are coming together with to with your husband um, regularly and consistently and faithfully and in purity. And if that gets neglected, whether that's because you're in 50 different Bible studies, but you're a stay-at-home mom, or you're a labor and delivery nurse working a couple of days a week, um, if that is not tended to, uh, that it scripture says Satan will tempt you, will tempt both of you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I love that you started with the more general definition here with us being guardians of the home and a gatekeeper of sorts. Mm -hmm. Because while scripture is not, I don't believe in this verse that scripture is expressly saying that women cannot work outside of the home. Right. I think, as I said before, the emphasis here is that her focus is to be on the home so that she can adequately guard the home. And what are the things that she does have responsibility over expressly in scripture? And that mm -hmm. is the training and admonition of her children. Mm -hmm. um, she has specific duties to her husband yeah. that 
you know, there are a, a myriad of duties. There's, you right. know, so many, there's a quite a plethora of things that she's responsible for in regards to maintaining that relationship with her husband. Yeah. Um, being his help. Yeah. Being his helper. Yeah. Um, and not upending that part of her life mm-hmm. and becoming a second him. Right. And that can really get mixed up depending mm-hmm. on where your focus is. Mm-hmm. If you are both really pursuing career mm-hmm. to the neglect right. of your home. Um, right. Yeah. So there's just, that's just such a good starting place because I think people do use this verse in a lot of different ways that we are going to go into in the latter part of this episode. Um, but um, just knowing that Guardian really hits the nuance of this mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't recognize if you just take it at face value and run with it. Right. Because it's really a matter of, are you making sure that your responsibilities are met without being so specific as to say you cannot mm-hmm. do X, Y, Z? It right. really is, you can do X, Y, Z so long as right. you're guarding right, and yeah. you're keeping The other thing that I came away was just how can we guard ourselves? Um, There's lots of warnings in scripture because just we're fleshly and we're ungodly and that's what's comfortable. And um, we love to serve ourselves and we need to guard against that because we can be led away by our own selfish desires. It is easy for some people to be at home And to be like, it's okay that I am in 50 different Bible studies and book studies. And it's, or it's okay that I, you know, have this job outside of the home and think that we're doing a duty, that we are fulfilling the call of God on our lives, but we have so elevated it to the extent that we ignore um, Sabbath rest, that we ignore the things that God has put in place um, for us to prioritize um, guarding ourselves. And um, yeah, we need to make sure that when things are busy, when things are stressful, when things are running ragged, when we are running ragged, that our first thought isn't, what can I take off of my plate on Sunday and get caught up to do on Sunday. But our thir- our first thought is, I need to rest on Sunday, and I need to be in fellowship on Sunday. What other things can I take off my plate? Um, I see this very common uh, within the women, especially in uh, more mainstream evangelical um, churches. And the first thing the first thing that goes that they think that it's okay to set aside is um, fellowship and and church attendance, and those are all things that that God has provided for us to to safeguard ourselves, and we need to be very cautious that that isn't the first thing that we set aside. That isn't the first thing that we sacrifice, that we try to look at our budget, that we try to look at our finances, that we try to look at our job and say, this is the area that I need to cut back on, not look at church and be like, this is what I'm cutting back on. I'm cutting back on church. I'm cutting back into this time that God has cut out for me for rest. No, I don't need that. 
what I need is Sunday to do more things. Right. I see what you're saying there. It's not as cut and dry as if you're a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. you're clearly doing the godly thing and you're fulfilling this command. Mm -hmm. And if you are working outside of the home, how could you? Right. You are violating this command. Mm -hmm. There's nuance here that a Mm -hmm. lot of people miss. Yeah. And the way that this verse is used really leaves a lot of people open to just rife legalism. Right. And and we've seen it play out and we're going to talk about it more later. But I think what what you're getting at, and I agree with you here, is that you can be neglecting this command as a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And you can be neglecting this command as a mom who works outside of the home. Mm-hmm. Part-time, full-time, whatever it is, your focus is to be on keeping your home, guarding your home, being about the work of managing your home. And whatever that looks like, whether you are the one who is personally folding every single sock and every, I don't know, pair of underwear, <laughs> or <laughs> cooking every single meal, or kissing every boo-boo, or being the person to single-handedly educate your children. There's just so many different things mm-hmm. that women will say, well, no, but you must absolutely do all this by yourself, but not right. this. Right. And it's it's really becomes a subjective thing Yeah, where we see actually a lot of freedom in Scripture, I think, um, and I know a lot of people are going to just groan because Proverbs, thir- Proverbs 31. Oh, yeah. again with Proverbs 31. But I, I'm not going to say this woman worked outside of the home in the way that we do here on the side of the industrial revolution mm-hmm. um, or or anything like that. But what, what we do see is that she's delegating. Right. She has the ability to delegate to other people in her service to accomplish these tasks in her home. Mm-hmm. So there's freedom there. Right. We also don't see in this passage anything explicitly saying, you know, when it says working in the home or keepers of the home, that it means you can't have a job at Starbucks. Yeah. That- <laughs> Or you are only to do this. Sure, this is one of your jobs. This is one of your duties and callings and obligations. Absolutely. Is it the only one? Yeah. I would say it's more of a all in Like this is the, yeah. you can actually be doing that work mm-hmm. when you're working at Starbucks or whatever right. your job is. So yeah. I wouldn't say this is like one trunk, one, like one facet. It really is your work as a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a lot about households. Like you are always a part of a household and you're always building into a household wherever you are. That's what God created us for is to um, to take what he's given and to beautify it and to expand it and to increase it and to multiply it and to mm-hmm. create and invent and organize and do all of these things that we just are naturally, hopefully, right. <laughs> some of us more. <laughs> we all have different skills, but, you know, equipped to do. Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, we we kind of wanted to go into this having a broader perspective to start because the most common way to approach this first is to say, this verse says, you need to knit and sew all of your th- all of your clothes and not do anything outside the home. Or if you do anything outside the home, then you need to sell all those knitted and. Well, I wish people would even see. <laughs> yeah, I I know, but I wish people would even see that 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 really is what it boils down to as far as subjectivity goes. Yeah. Because there are, th- like, how far are we willing to go with this is your responsibility? Um, 
But what, what people really do is they go to verses like this and they say, women may not work outside of the home. And then they go to a verse like 1 Timothy 5, 8. And I don't have my glasses on and my vision is getting so much worse. Okay, I do have it here. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So we have on one side this verse and people say, this means that under no circumstances can a woman earn an income for her family mm-hmm. by working for an employer outside the home or even being her own boss but having an office somewhere, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to First Timothy 5 eight and say, and the husband must earn every single cent mm-hmm. of the of the household income, even if that means that he he is neglecting right the other duties that the Lord has put on him because right. the the training and admonition of the children mm-hmm. um, is on and the education of the children is the responsibility right. of both parents right not neglecting your wife and her rights and do all the all, all the same kind of things stuff. yeah all of the remembering the sabbath day and keeping it holy yes yeah all of those things are his responsibility as well mm-hmm. um but we see and you know and this is this is why we want just this is going to be a tricky episode there's a lot of things that are just going to hit close to home for some people based on their situation we're not sitting in judgment against you by saying the things we're saying if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. Yeah, Everybody's situation is different. There really is so much nuance here that it's hard to speak to anything without stepping on somebody's toes. But there are some families where the husband is working three jobs mm-hmm. and commendably for, for seemingly good, like he, he yeah. wants to provide. That's a good thing. And, you know, and the wife wants to be home with the children and have that consistency. That's a good thing. But the husband is never home. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. The children barely see him. He's not able to participate, you know, and there may be circumstances in life where that is just necessary. Right. But should that be the ideal or is right. that something that we should um, readily jump into if there's another option? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the husband does have an ability to fulfill those other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. But because we go so far, mm-hmm. this is what, these extremes lead to. This is what legalism leads to in in reading these too rigidly. So before I dive into like just plow through, because I I get like a little fiery about this. Um, (laughs) I'll stop and see if you have anything to say. Yeah. No, I would just say that the other, you know, the other thing that we are called to guard as parents is to guard our children. And part of doing that is spending, you know, time with them and um, in teaching them and taking them to church. And like I said, uh, I see so many families where they are busy, both are working outside the home. And sometimes to your point, it is just necessary. Um, you know, I, my husband and I have been through seasons where, um, you know, we're all working a little bit more and a little bit harder, but the one thing that, you know, we are not going to do is to then forsake, um, the assembly of the saints, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and to, to show our kids, maybe we won't tell them, but to show our kids that it's okay. If you're busy, if you're too busy, the one thing that you can take off your plate is Jesus. That is not what we're going to show them. What we're going to show them is if you're too busy, then we need to look at our lives and say, we're not doing sports or we're not doing this or we're not doing that and making that a priority. 
And two, like if you're seeing your kids flailing and and floundering and, um, you know, and perhaps they are in a, you know, Christian school and, you know, that's, I think, a totally great option for educating your kids. Um, Or if, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, if you are seeing your kids floundering, I don't think your first immediate answer should be, what therapist can I get them in at? They're really struggling and need help. I think your first thought should be, you know, what can I do as their mother? What can I do as this, you know, um, guardian of their heart, of their soul, of their life do for them? And how can I help them? And what is my role and my part in this? And then once I think you've exhausted that and your child needs some legit help, I'm not poo-pooing therapy at all. I think it definitely has its place. But um, then, yeah, then maybe after some really good counseling with your pastor and <laughs> and stuff, seeing what what next steps are. But I think so so many times, I mean, I just see it so much and where we have kiddos who are floundering and um, they're not consistently, families are not consistently going into church. Um, families are not consistently coming together as a family. You have dad working a bazillion hours a week. You have mom working a bazillion hours a week and then they're in sports and then they're in this. And there's no self-reflection of like what what are our priorities here and and the first thing parents go to is you know my kid needs therapy because he's not handling life well no does Sherlock like you're not you're not handling I've never heard life. any that's such a Christian no does Sherlock yeah I'm trying to keep it G. <laughs> Because that's a different saying, but I'm trying to keep it G. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, that was so cute. No does, Sherlock. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, your, your kids need you more than you can ever know. And I think we just, as Christian parents, completely undervalue the influence that we have as Christian parents and a spiritual authority in our kids' life. And it is our job to pursue them and to figure out what makes them tick, to figure out what's going on in their little souls and the little hearts. And if we can't figure it out, then yeah, maybe it's a phone call to the pastor. If he can't figure it out, yeah, maybe it's a legit phone call to a good Christian therapist. But um we really need to make sure that we're not outsourcing these things too soon. And, um, and yeah, usurping our, our Christian duties to our kids and not doing the, the, the correct thing in, in guarding them and leading them in that. So, right. Anyway, God's given us certain tangent. responsibilities and also resources that we are to steward very clearly right. um, as managers of our home. And the one thing we absolutely need to take away from this is that that is, that is to be our focus and that is our responsibility uniquely. Just as I think from 1 Timothy 5.8, we can take from that. Um, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. But um, what are you letting slip through your fingers, mm-hmm. I think, is the bottom line here. Each person is going to have a different skill set. They're going to have a different capacity for certain things. They're going to have different 
abilities as far as multitasking and managing. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to be able to manage a lot of things really well. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be able to manage a few things very well. And that's okay. God created us differently with different strengths and different weaknesses. And the most important thing is that you are faithful to the things that are clearly laid out in scripture as your responsibilities and as the resources you are called to steward. Mm -hmm. So if you are not able to do those things or even delegate in a godly way, I think there are certain things that can be delegated Mm -hmm. in a godly way. There are certain things that cannot. You cannot you cannot hire someone else to raise your children with no involvement from you. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that it's never okay to have a babysitter <laughs> or even a daycare or, you know, yeah. these things are just not cut and dry. So we're not saying rigidly yay or nay to any of those things. But can you hire someone else to be the parent of your child? No, you cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, we, this is one of the reasons that Kristen and I are both opposed to public school. And we thoroughly believe that it is a Christian's responsibility to educate their children or have their children educated in a Christian way, in a mm-hmm. way that's consistent with the Christian worldview. I'm eyeing her to make sure that I'm not yeah. getting her in trouble she doesn't want to be in, but I'm pretty sure she does. Yeah, <laughs> She's no. like the director of our homeschool co-op. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's very so passionate cut, so about this. into this, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, with the caveat to say, I understand there are very, very special and unique circumstances. The single mom is out there who, yeah. abs- I, there's no way you can homeschool um, or p- private school for that matter, um, unless you have been gifted an absolute mercy um, in grace, in tuition, um, you know, God is with, with those kids, um, who go to public school, but again, there's the exception to the rule and there's the rule. Right. Um, I, you know, the single mamas who absolutely cannot, or single parents who absolutely cannot just have not a choice, you know, man, call, be praying on those promises. That's when that's when yeah. you can stand on those promises Absolutely. and know that the Lord is not going to leave them at the doorposts of the school. Um, but as it, yeah, as much as you can, as best as you can, find a way to have your kids being educated um, in the Lord. It, it is your duty. It is your calling. And no career is, if a career is calling you to put your kids in public school and that's the only way you can pursue your career, your career is not your calling. Right. Yeah. That's where it kind of, I mean, I feel like a lot of people that do send their kids with the choice, right? With the choice to send their kids to public school are not doing so because of the quality of education. Right. In most cases. Yeah. It is because it's free Mm -hmm. and it's decent Mm -hmm. and they don't have to pay for childcare when they go to work because it's the norm in our, in our nation for two parents to be working. Right. And I understand why it's hard. Yeah. Especially in our area. I mean, we're in Seattle area and it's hard. And I mean, we're expensive. Like, yeah, you can make a nice salary of whatever and still be just above poverty, still live paycheck to paycheck. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so, yeah, so we have we have to use our brains and we have to be creative in how we go about doing, you know, how we go about doing life. And yeah, to your point, everybody's marriage and everything looks a little bit different. Um, you know, yeah, some husbands, they they've got the whole bringing in the income and you guys have worked things out. 
And, you know, that's how they've ordered their family and other husbands, um, you know, and other families have, you know, said, hey, honey, you know, I think we can make this work to have you work a couple days a week or a day a week or what. I mean, I, I am saying this a bit biased because I work as a labor and delivery nurse. And so, and there's absolutely, and encourage your daughters to go to nursing. If, if just, it's, it's an awesome profession that is very family friendly and can ebb and flow with the needs. And so when I, when it was just us, I could work, I could work and be fine. And then when we had kids, I could take my work down and, you know, anyway, that's a total side tangent. But <laughs> if you want your daughters to work, have them pick something that is flexible and very family friendly. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing that I think is important to address is that I think in our circles, especially or in our circle, it is generally not the desire of the woman to pursue career at the expense of family. Mm-hmm. I think that the Lord has created us in such a way that even if you were that woman, to have children, to bear children, and then to leave them is a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. I've had to do it. It was just brutal for me emotionally. Um, and I think rightly so. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I think we're kind of speaking to women here on the front end of this to say, hey, if you notice that things are, um, oh, when is, but we kind of started on the front end of this saying, like, hey, if you are pursuing all these things intentionally because you desire them and things are falling apart, you really got to reassess. But in a lot of situations, it's a matter of a woman maybe in a situation where her husband has asked her to work mm-hmm. in spite of her desire or her own personal convictions. And she may be submitting to him in that. Right. And that is a hard thing to do. And just like Kristen said about the woman who... Um, about the woman who may be a single mom and doesn't really have a choice. She has to work. She has to yeah. provide for her family. That's a good, godly thing to do. Right. She she has to put her children in daycare or she needs her children to go to public school because that's the only option she can afford. That's that's the good and godly thing to do. There are there are godly mm-hmm. reasons to make decisions like that as a woman in that situation. It's not the ideal, but like Kristen said, God your children belong to the Lord. He cares about them mm-hmm. more than you ever could. He loves them more than you ever could. And he will have them. Mm-hmm. He will have them as his own if that is his will. There's nothing that you need to fear in that regard. Now, do we need to make wise choices where we can? Absolutely. But to the woman who is a single mother in these really hard situations or a single parent and, and just anything, um, and the woman who may have convictions and may even be just torn up about the idea of going to work and putting her child in daycare or putting her child in public school when her husband wants her to, the Lord sees you and the Lord, the Lord will honor your faithfulness. He knows, Mm -hmm. he knows your heart and he, he loves your kids in the same way. Right. And he, and he will preserve them. So I think we've talked in past episodes about 
the fact that we can submit to our husbands even when we disagree with them, mm-hmm. even when we believe that the decisions that we're making are not in line with God's word because we trust the Lord. We don't need to be afraid because we trust the Lord. And we know that in spite of the fact that our husband may be leading us in the wrong direction, um, that God will be faithful to us and to our children. Right. So we did want to throw that out there right. um, because we we feel for you. And um, I just— if if you're in a hard situation in any in any aspect, please, like we've said in our very first episode, like we are not your dad, we are not your husband, we are not your pastor. We are two girls with microphones. And we are telling you what we see in scripture, but we are not a teaching authority in your life. And hopefully this will be edifying and beneficial to you. But if there's anything that's just pricked in your heart and you're in a hard hard spot, go talk to somebody who yeah. can help you work through these things because yeah. these particular issues in regards to family structure and leaving kids or daycare or public school, mm-hmm. whatever, this is above our pay grade. Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. I'm going to grab Go my baby me. and let. Yeah. Yeah. And I love too that like, <laughs> you know, listening to you talk about women or yeah, women in like difficult circumstances and like, having a hard time submitting to their husband or if they do, you know, it's like, (laughs) I always think of these scripture verses like, um, you know, you will win them over in your quiet submission. Right. And I was like, but there's hope you can win them over. This is how you do it. Like there, there's hope in that, you know, in what these, in the scripture verses that like seems so like hopeless. It's not, it's actually giving, giving you hope, but yeah, there's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. And yeah, just to echo Ashley's, Ash's point, I don't know why I called you Ashley. Um, I, it is my name. I, I know, but that's not what I call you. So I don't know where <laughs> that okay. came from. <laughs> it's my grown up name. We talked about that the other day. When things get real serious or I have to make like a doctor's appointment. You're Ashley. Ashley. I wish it sounded a little more like Deb gets to be Deborah when she's uh-huh. real serious. Uh-huh. Did you know that Deborah is like the number one CEO, female CEO name? It has to be sense. Deborah with an H. Deborah with an H. I, I always, yeah, it's Deborah with an H. I always thought that would be a cool band name. Deborah with an H. Deborah with an H. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um. Man, there's just so much to this. So another thing. Okay, so we wanted to talk about First Timothy five verse eight, mm-hmm. because this verse is is used often, I think, by women who are resistant to the idea or anyone who's really rigid about this, who's resistant to the idea that she should have to earn any sort of income Mm. from within or without the home, without the home, from within (laughs) or from outside of the home. I think that's the better way to say it. But the context of this passage is really discussing widows Mm -hmm. and what to do with people who have no help from their family and mm-hmm. also no real prospect of coming under the headship of a husband. Mm-hmm. And within that context, it's talking about children needing to be willing to provide for their parents mm-hmm. before the church steps in to do so. Right. And then it speaks to men who do not provide for their families mm-hmm. being worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So it it really shows us that there is this responsibility on the shoulders of the patriarch of the family 
to be sure that the physical, like financial needs needs are being met. But it is not saying that he single-handedly must earn every right. single cent. And I think that's a very American way right. for us to view this because in most cultures and in ancient cultures, yeah. there was this, and we're going to talk about this in another episode. We're really going to go in deep with this, but there was more of a household yeah. economy where everybody was yeah. working Eve together was to produce. Eve was not sitting there eating her bonbons while Adam went out and like tilled the garden all by himself. <laughs> like she was working. We were created to work. We were created to be a helpmate in the productiveness of a household and in modern America, like the productiveness of a household could very well be, and it could be entirely on your husband, but I don't think it, it necessarily leaves out or neglects like the wife's aspect of being productive in, in the same way, in a complimentary way. Right. So, yeah. And there may be a situation where your husband says, Hey, if I'm going to fulfill all of my duties, yeah. And if you have an ability or a skill that could make us some extra money, I need your help to do that. Yeah. I don't think there's anything shameful about that mm-hmm. or or unbiblical. Right. And I think that if if a woman has the capacity to do that without neglecting her other duties, mm-hmm. her objective duty, I mean, if you are going to create some unbiblical lofty standard for what you feel like you should be doing in spite of what your husband says so that you do not need to submit to him. Right. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fancy footwork we can do Mm -hmm. to avoid submission. So I would just really caution you against that. Mm -hmm. But if you have the capacity to do it and you can relieve some of that burden financially, um, I think that's a good godly thing to do. You are his helper. Yeah, his and job he needs is to your, see yeah. to it. And it's okay if he needs help in that way. Like, this is where you have to keep your eyes on your own garden, right? This is where you have to, like, look to your husband and, like, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I help our family? How can I serve our family? And if he, and if he and all of his, you know, knowledge and leadership through God says, hey, it would be really helpful to me and to our family if you could bring in a few bucks with your you know, whatever, graphic design degree or whatever, that'd be really awesome. That would be such a help to me. Like, what a blessing that is to be that a fruitful in a completely different way than you than you have been. And yes, not to, to you know, hopefully not to the neglect of your, um, you know, uh, home focus duties, but there are some seasons where it just has to be if it's that or living in a cardboard box you know right I guess you'd have less duties that way then but but right. you know it like sometimes it, it it just it just is what it is yeah and there's a, I mean there's a difference too between that and if a woman has like if you've just given birth to your seventh child yeah and you've had seven kids in the last eight years yeah, somehow. Yeah. And, you know, you are just struggling yeah. to manage the things that you have. And then your husband comes to you and says, by the way, I need you to pick up a part-time job so yeah. I can be home more often. I mean, girl, you go have, to your pastor. Go this to your is pastor. where church membership is really, yes. really handy. Of course, you can talk go to, to your, your husband first, but yes. Well, yeah. Be like, um, yeah. 
Go to your husband and say, I'm talking to the pastor about this. <laughs> yeah. Or we need to. We should probably no. go talk to the pastor and figure out how we can do things differently because each person has a limited amount of time and mm-hmm. mental capacity. And, you know, we have limits. We are finite human right. beings. And your husband may not really understand where you're at, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, you got to work together to get there. And that's different. We're not saying, like, no matter what, if right. you're juggling 18 balls and he wants to throw a bowling ball in on top of that mm-hmm. and ask you just you to, do it joyfully, you just do it joyfully and you suck it up because that's just not practical. Um, but, you know, talk to your husband if you're still at odds and it really just is not possible. Like say, hey, maybe we really need to get in with our pastor and our elders and talk through this together so that we can mm-hmm. make sure that both of us are in submission to the scripture and that we have exhausted every option to make sure that we can maintain harmony in our family. Because apart from all the practical stuff, and this is something the Lord is teaching me heavily right now, apart from all the practical things that you could drop as far as paying a light bill or doing the dishes or, (coughs) (laughs) you know, whatever it is, eating (coughs) organic, the most important thing are the relationships in your family. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to be stretching everybody out (laughs) <laughs> to the point that there's no harmony, there's no fellowship, there's right. no discipleship happening, go to your church. They can help you. This stuff is hard. There's no shame in that. Right. Like marriage, everybody's doing it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you raise a four-year-old, you're doing it for the first time. Every time you raise a four and then a two-year-old, you're doing that for the first time. Right. Like everybody's yeah. going through marriage for the first time. It's hard. It's not something that you're going to come into it knowing exactly what to do. The other thing that you brought up where you're talking about um, I think living in a cardboard box, it made me think there, there's the other side of things where yeah. people will say to you, and this is just one, one little tidbit of advice, stay off the internet, stay off the internet, make these decisions between you and your husband Oh yeah, and your elders. You mean like broadcasting your problems? Just, and don't hey, do a poll. Hey, do not Facebook. do a Facebook poll. How on- do you feel about this? Don't do a Facebook poll. Should I work your, outside the home? Should I work outside the home or not? I just want to slap. I do sometimes slap my forehead in like, why? Why are you doing this? Why? Yeah. Because it really isn't. Again, keep your eyes in your own garden. Like what? Like you're not. You are not called to submit to every man or to every woman's thoughts. You are called to submit to your husband. And if you are having issues with his decision, then talk to him about it. And if you're still having issues, then you need to go to your pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go to Facebook. No polls. What you're going to find there, though, is that people will say to you, well, regardless of where you live, it's easy. All you have to do is husband works two jobs. Nobody has cell phones. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets one pair of shoes. You You don't. Yeah, you don't. And that's okay if you want to live that way. That's not a (laughs) bad thing. And I don't say live that way like live that way. Right. I don't mean it like that. Like that's that's okay. I'm living on a single. We are just not me, not just me alone, but we are living on a single income right now. I've had a variety of experiences in this, and I know Kristen has too. Mm -hmm. Um. So there's there's no shame in that, and that's that can be a good godly thing to do. But what people will say is this is the only way. Right. It is the only way for you to drive one vehicle mm-hmm. and every Christian family needs to have one vehicle unless your husband makes a million dollars and you have, you know, one pair of shoes per person. You don't watch TV. You don't go on vacations. You never go out. You don't save money. The right. Lord will provide. 
that's okay to do, but that's not a biblical requirement. Right. Nowhere in scripture does God say that this is what you have to do. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hi, do you want to be on a podcast? You want to start getting futzy, huh? She totally does. She's spicy one over there. You're spicy at night? Mm-hmm. Are you spicy in the night? What else? I was going to say some other things. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to edit out all this. Like, run, run, run. Um, one thing I wanted to say, too, was I think another another ditch people can fall into is hearing this and saying, oh, man, but, you know, like, or seeing other women doing everything. You see women who are homeschool, like see women like Kristen, <laughs> who are homeschooling their children, nursing, d- d- being a labor and delivery nurse, <laughs> directing a co-op, a homeschool co-op, being an elder's wife and all the responsibilities, having a podcast, and have you like you haven't seen her house, but her house is beautiful. Um, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just joking. She is really wonderful, but you can we can compare. <laughs> just joking. She is. We we can compare ourselves to other people, and then we can say, "Well, I should be doing all those things, and what I'm doing is not enough." And so that's the other ditch we can fall into. Is yeah. you know, apart from feeling like oh, man, I feel guilty that I'm working outside of the home. Women can feel guilty that they're not bringing in an income. Mm -hmm. And I think in our culture in particular, it's really tempting to feel that way because a lot of people really put a dollar sign on your value as a person. And you can be doing all kinds of things that would earn you a fair amount of money and respect in the world, like caring for children, childcare. Mm -hmm. If you were a daycare provider or you are a, a nanny, Mm-hmm. commendable yeah if you do it for your own family oh you're a slave yeah you're a slave or you know aren't you gonna go back to work yeah if you are just uh, there's so many different things that we do as women in the home mm-hmm. that would earn us a great paycheck somewhere yeah. else that would earn us a bunch more respect from other people um but one thing that i've learned from running this gambit of different positions and finally ending with i have four kids and i am a stay-at-home mom and um, I'm not doing a whole lot as far as bringing in an income right now because I can barely keep my head above water. This is hard work. Yeah. And the more that I learn about the responsibility and the work set before me, like the beauty and depth and theological richness and just the weight of raising these children and discipling them and everything that goes into every little thing that I do, the loftier I see that mm-hmm. this work is and the less it seems to matter that I do anything else. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting when I did my word study, you know, that I criticize people for doing. Um, not really, but... Uh, was that this specific, like, Greek word in... I'm look, I went to nursing school. I did not go to I, I did not study Greek language. But according to you didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to se- I didn't go to seminary and I probably should have like ran this by to make sure I read it right. So I'm sorry if this is wrong. But um when I looked at this word, it's the only it's the only Greek word, it's the only translation of this Greek word of the special unique position. <laughs> As a keeper of the home, in this, in the um, Titus two verse, it's the it's the only it's the only way that it's used in all of Scripture, and she's so stinking cute. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to distract no, you. No, it's okay. okay. <laughs> she feels um, like she wants to nurse so bad, and then she starts nursing, and she stops and just yeah. like, 
Uh-huh. She's like, hey, I want to have a little combo. <laughs> but to your point, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you were just saying of like the more the more you think about like what is actually entailed in raising a ch- raising children that you're not just a maid, right? But you are pouring into the souls and lives of these of these of these souls. Like you are affecting an eternal kingdom by the work that you do every single day. And that is such a lofty thing. And so I just thought it was interesting that like here we have like this one word that is just just designated for this one position in all of scripture and women get to do it. Oh, what about, okay, the last thing here that I have on my list. What about stay-at-home dads and working outside of the home moms? Yeah. Um, so my, I have no scripture to support this. <laughs> this is not true. I know what you're going to say. I do not believe it. Um, no. So my <laughs> position on these things is that um, I think these are exception to the rules. And we've talked about women who have been exception to the rules, I think, in our podcast with uh, Pastor Brent Bosserman, where we talked about the life of Deborah. And, um, and now I'm drawing a blank on the name of the, of the lady that drove a stake through the guy's head. But JL. JL. There you go. I'm like, starts with a J. Anyway, these are... These women like Deborah and Esther and stuff like that are all exceptions to the rules. This isn't, um, those aren't typically people that were like, yes, and every woman needs to be a judge or every woman needs to hold this office or every woman. Um, Same with, I think, a man who stays at home. Um, This certainly is the exception to the rule. Um, I could definitely see a scenario where a man might, in God's providence, and lucky him, marries way above his pay grade and marries like this heiress, you know, who he doesn't need to like go out and work because she has provided for them through her inheritance. Like what a blessing that is. And, you know, and they, so he, so he doesn't have to, um, now, do I think that there's some good principles that he should find something to do? Yeah, but maybe that something to do is just really pouring into his kids and reading a lot with his kids and homeschooling his kids. How awesome would that be? I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong or unscriptural with that. Um, but I don't think that that's something that men, a position that men should strive for of like, yes, we all need to be stay-at-home dads because of whatever. I think, I think those are exceptions to the rules and not something to like, my goal is to marry an heiress so I don't have to work. Right. Yeah. I think there is a, there's an element of it where, and I think this is something that Pastor Brandt said in that episode, is that at the end of the day, if for some reason the family is not making ends meet, it is Mm -hmm. the responsibility of the husband not to put that burden on the shoulders of his wife, but to right. carry that burden himself. And there's something as if this if this was a normative thing, there are situations where a husband's going to be disabled, right. sick, in seminary. Right. There, are, there are tons of different things that could happen right. that would require that a husband stay home for a period and a wife go to work. And so we're not saying that those exceptions are inherently sinful for any reason. However... If a husband simply 
says, well, she could earn a little bit more than I could. Um, therefore, I think I should stay home with the children and put the the whole burden of her, of right. earning that income on her. Because whether or not he's the one making the calls, she's still the one in the workforce responsible for bringing home that paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I think that really is an upending of the natural order of things. Right, yeah. And God's designs. Yeah, it's definitely the exception. Are there exceptions? Yes. You know, um, again, the family that I stayed uh, in college with, um, the husband was actually a a disabled vet, and so he couldn't work. And so she um, ended up going through schooling and becoming a CPA, um, was the primary breadwinner for their family. She had to be. She's the exception to the rule. So yes, are there exceptions to the rule? Absolutely. Should it be a well sought after like um, thing that men should just pursue? No, to your point. I think it's an unnatural like order of things to um, to pursue. That's not um, that's not the created mandate that God has for uh, husbands and, and wives in general. But there are exceptions to the rule for sure. Right. And it's almost like they're on the other side of that. Like I, before I was a believer, that was one of the goals I had. I wanted to have a high powered career Uh and I wanted to have a stay at home husband. Yeah. For the sake of, and this is so gross to say, like showing that I could be the dominant one in the relationship and Uh the successful one. And I wanted to have just this like emasculated man that was being my servant at home. And it was a joke of sorts, but there is this feministic, like, believe me when I say there are women out there that want that. Yeah. And there is a tendency in a, in a woman's heart to want Mm -hmm. to upend that order too. So yeah, just generally we need to be really careful with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but before we wrap it up, I think we've covered like the gambit of everything we I know <laughs> we could think of, and I, I yeah the broad to the specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that? The broad to the specific. The broad to the specific. Um, but this is where we this is where we personally stand. My views have you know evolved and changed over time through study of scripture. Just be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, be in the word. Be in submission to your husband. Um, be in conversation with your elders and your husband if if anything's going on that you feel is just not right. Be trusting the Lord in spite of whatever situation you're in um, because, you know, there is no method or formula that constantly turns out godly children or a good marriage. It really is the work of the Holy Spirit. So do everything that you can and trust the Lord. Um, and with that, Christine, you want to take us out? Yeah, so go love God, go love your husband, and go love your kids.